Death Trap Lum Show, episode 34. What's up, everybody? Welcome to That Triathlon Show, the podcast presented by scientifictriathlon.com. I'm your host, Michael, and today I bring you an episode where we'll talk about nine of my favorite workouts that you probably haven't heard about, and most of you are definitely not doing them in your training, but maybe you should. So these are a bit more unconventional than the regular workouts that are obviously great, like six times three minute VO2 max workouts with three minute recoveries or your classic 20 minute tempo runs. Uh, some more unusual stuff here, but absolutely fantastic workouts. So I just want to give you some quick tips on what you can do for what new workouts you can incorporate in your training program. We'll have nine of them free each for swimming, biking and running. But first, I want to take a listener question, which uh, is very much related to episode 30 that we did recently on training zones for running. This question is from Joseph Gopez, and he writes, Hello, I had a question regarding running and open races in running. I ran a 1.29 half in January and then a 3.20 full marathon in March. If I use training paces from the full, it's too slow, but it's the most recent race. My goal is to get to Boston, that's Boston Marathon. Any tips on which paces I should be aiming for? So this is a great question, and uh, when Joseph writes that he has been using training zones from the race, he has probably been using some calculator, one of the ones that I mentioned in episode 30, which was training zones for running, so maybe Macmillan's running calculator or Jack Daniels or something like that. And one good thing that you can do with those calculators is also get equivalent race times. So I took Joseph's 129 half marathon and plugged it into the calculator to see what the equivalent full marathon time would be. And that was 307. And now remember, he ran a 320 full, so considerably slower than the equivalent half. So he performed much better in his half than his, in his full, which he rightly so writes in his question. So even so, it's not an easy question. There's a lot of factors that come into play. So what I would ask you, Joseph, is do you feel like you underperformed in the full marathon and that your fitness was actually better than that? Or did your fitness actually decline between the two races? If it's the former and you underperformed compared to your fitness, then definitely I would say that it's completely fine to go ahead and use the training zones based on your half marathon time. But if not, if you did perform to your potential, then zones based on your full marathon is actually what you should train after because that's that would be your current fitness level until it increases. But you can obviously go out and do field tests like the 20-minute time trial that I talked about on episode 30 to get exact phases and your exact fitness level at this moment. But yeah, that's it. Thank you for the question, Joseph. I hope that helps. And for any of you listeners... If you want to send me questions and get them answered, I have also answered Joseph even earlier in, in an email. So I usually answer both on email and in the podcast so other listeners can benefit as well. Just send me an email to michael at scientifictriathlon.com and that's Michael with a K. And yeah, I will answer your training questions. All right, so let's move into the workouts. And please note here that all of these workouts should be scaled to your current fitness ability. 
And so the relative intensity level should be the same, no matter what your fitness level. If it's a VO2 max workout, it should be VO2 max, whether you're a beginner or an advanced athlete. But the number of repetitions and the total length of the workout, those are things that you can scale. So uh, yeah, just shorten the workout, reduce the number of reps and so on, so that it uh, matches your ability. And I'll give some suggestions and at least some of the workouts for how to do that. And also all of these workouts will be printed out in full on thattriathlonshow.com on the show notes page for this episode. So you can go and have a look at that after listening to these episodes. All right, so the first workout is for swimming. So it's a CSS rest cut down. So CSS is critical swim speed. I talked about that in episode 27 on training zones for swimming. It's essentially your threshold pace for swimming. Warm up, an easy warm up, five to 10 minutes, depending on how time crunched you are. If you're time crunched, this is what I like to do. 100 easy freestyle, then four times 50 build. And build means an acceleration going from slow through moderate to fast over the course of the 50 meter rep. And then 20 seconds rest. Repeat that four times. So 300 meter warm up or scale back to your ability or scale up if you want to. The main set, again, to be scaled to your ability, all 100 meter repeats, and they should all be done at CSS pace or faster. So it's fast, pretty fast. So in my workout, my suggestion is if you're an intermediate or advanced swimmer, do four by five by 100. And the rest recovery times will be what decreases within each set. So after the first 100, you take a 20-second rest. After the second, a 15-second rest. After the third 100, a 10-second rest. And after the fourth 100, a 5-second rest. And after the fifth 100, and in each set, no rest. So then you go straight into the next set without any rest. You essentially just press lap on your watch, touch the wall, and then you go right into the next set. So you repeat that for four sets. So four times five times 100. And then you cool down 100 meter, very easy. Simple, but not not easy to execute well and, and to, to really, really nail this workout. It will require focus and it will require some willpower, but it's very much doable and it's a great workout. The next one is a mixed pace progression where you use four different paces, an aerobic pace, a medium pace, a medium fast pace, and your CSS pace. And the idea here is that you do this over the course of nine weeks, and you do one version of it for the first three, and then for weeks four to six, you do the second version, which is slightly progressed. And then for weeks seven to nine, you do the third version, which is further progressed from the second version. So you do a 10 minute warm up, and in this case, I've given you a slightly longer example. So again, for an intermediate swimmer, something like 100 meter free, and then put it on your fins. Fins are great for technique work. So do 100 free again, but with fins and focus on technique. Then do 50 sidekick drill, which is my favorite drill with fins, and then 50 free again with fins, just focusing on technique. And then back into 50 kick with fins. And then finally, another 50 meter free freestyle without fins. So that would be a 300 meter warm up. So, and you rest some and put on your fins. So let's call it 10 minutes. And then there's a pre main set. If you're a more beginner swimmer, then do it two times. And if you're intermediate or advanced, do it three times. Uh, the idea is to get to eight to 10 minutes for the pre main set. Maybe eight minutes is more like it. So you would repeat 
four times 50 meters on 10 second recoveries. And this is to get your paces set and, and, and really try to get the feel for the paces that you will be using in the main set. So the first is your aerobic pace, which is CSS plus eight seconds per 100 meters. So if your CSS is 140, one minute, 40 seconds per 100 meters, your aerobic pace is 148 per 100. The second 50 is your medium pace, which is CSS plus four. So in this example, 144. The third 50 is at your medium fast pace, which is CSS plus two. So 140 plus two seconds per 100 meter. That be, means 142. And then the final 50 at CSS in this example, 140 per 100 meters. So 50 seconds for the 50 meter rep. All right. And then into the main set, which you repeat two times if you're a beginner and three to four times for intermediate to advanced swimmers. The idea is to get in 25 to 35 minutes. So the first repetition would be 150 at your aerobic pace, CSS plus eight. All 100s, all, all reps, I should say, will be followed by 20 seconds rest. So 150 at your aerobic CSS plus eight pace. 100 at CSS, 150 at your medium pace, CSS plus four, and 50 at CSS plus two. And then you repeat that with no extra rest between sets for two, three, or four times. And then as you progress, so in weeks 46, you would do the same amount of aerobic, but increase the CSS amount from 100 meters to 150 meters, decrease the medium from 150 to 100 instead and keep the other ones. And then the third week, instead of 150 aerobic, 100 CSS, 150 medium, 50 medium fast, you would do 100 aerobic, 200 CSS, 100 medium and 50 medium fast. So it gets progressively harder and you still keep the same number of, of sets and rep and rest and recovery. So, so that's the progressive and why it's called the mixed pace progression workout. And then after that main set, you still go into a speed set, which is eight to 10 minutes. You do two sets or maybe even three sets if you're advanced of three times 50 meters, which you do as 25 meters fast. So let's call it 95% effort, not fighting the water, but still maintaining control, but really fast and 25 easy and rest for 15 seconds. So three times 50 as 25 fast on 15 second recoveries and one minute extra recovery between sets. Cool down, 100 meter easy. Again, details of this will be in the show notes on that triathlonshow.com. Finally, an open water third swim session that I'll talk about. And this is a open water beach start practice session. So let's do a race warm up first, which is short because in many races, you will only have a little bit of time to do a warm up. So go into two times 10 minutes, 10 strokes easy, 10 strokes hard, 20 strokes easy, 20 strokes hard, 30 strokes easy, 30 strokes hard, and 20 easy, 20 hard, 10 easy, 10 hard. 30 second recovery between the two sets. Your main set, you should scale the number of, of intervals depending on your ability and also your goal race. For an intermediate triathlete targeting a, an Olympic or half distance triathlon, eight or nine times 200, otherwise you can decrease or increase the number. So let's call it eight by 200 meters and 40 second recovery between each. So the idea here is that you start on the beach, you run into the water and you swim to a buoy or a landmark or towards a landmark or something. So 100 meters and then you 
and come back into shore. And you go ashore, you run up onto the beach again as if you were exiting the swim in a race. And you rest and then you go into the next rep in the same manner. And here odd reps are essentially max efforts. So let's call it again 95%. You will still want to maintain control and especially good navigation. That's key in this entire workout that you always uh, use good navigation. And then even reps are recovery efforts, but still good navigation and also obviously good open water technique. Then the cooldown is just 100 meter easy. And some tips for when running into the water, focus on running out with high knees and strong knee and arm drive and do duck diving if possible so that you jump into and out and out of the water as you see triathletes do on uh, in the lead pack and races and, and on TV and, and so on. And use a high stride rate when running out. And obviously during swimming, good sighting and use drafting. It's great if you can get a group together to do this workout. And when coming back in, the point at which you should start running or stand up and then start running into shore is when you actually, when you take a stroke and you feel your hand brushing against the bottom of the lake or the sea, that's when you should stand up, not before that. All right, that's it for the swim. So let's go into the bike workouts that I have. And the first one is a crisscross. I mentioned this before. So uh, this is a continuous main set, but let's start with the warm up. So just do your regular 15 to 20 minute warm up. Include a build into, into zone three. So the tempo zone, as we talked about on episode 29, training zones for cycling. And I would usually do that between minutes 10 and 15. So a five minute tempo segment. And then five minutes easy from minutes 15 to 20, and then go into the main set. So the main set, you should scale to your ability, but for an example, let's call it 35 minutes as seven times five minutes. And it's always a multiple of five minutes that you do, or it doesn't have to be obviously, but, but I like to give it in multiples of five. And the first one will be a zone four effort. So threshold zone and then an or. I should say said, say odd ones should be zone four efforts and even ones. So number two, number four, and so on will be in the zone three tempo zone. So you would have in this example, the first five minutes will be threshold effort. So in zone four, and then you would recover in tempo zone, but that's not really recovery. It's still hard. So you really need to focus for this entire time, but it will, it can feel like recovery when you're really much harder in zone four still. It can be a difference of like 30 or 40 watts or something. So it's it's pretty big. And depending where you are in your season, you might also want to focus on specific points within the zone. So for example, at the start of your build or bay or towards the middle of your base phase, maybe when you start doing this kinds of workout, uh, you would do your zone four efforts at slightly below threshold. But then as you get fitter, you would increase it to threshold. And then even go above threshold to 102 to 105% of your threshold, your functional threshold power or, or heart rate. So it can be pro progressed in that way as well. And the same for zone free. The recoveries can be in mid zone free as you're towards the beginning of the, your training phase. And then as you get fitter, they can become hard, hard zone free. So the hardest version is obviously when you do like 105% of FTP as your zone four effort, like high zone free, very high zone free as your zone free recovery. And after that, it's really great to do a brick run after this 35 minute segment. So seven times five minutes, four segments, five minute segments in zone four and three in zone three. Do a 10 to 15 minute brick run in zone three. And then you can come back and cool down on 
on your bike again if you do it inside this is a great ride to do inside but you can also do it outside obviously this is a session that i got from my coach and i found it really really useful so that's the first one for biking the second one i promised you that i won't pull the classic six by three minutes with three minute recoveries on you and i won't instead i will do another vo2 max kind of workout that's not as commonly used it's a multi-set vo2 so you can get even more time at vo2 max in which is really amazing you can get close to 30 minutes or even get to 30 minutes if you really want to it will be tough but it's so it gives you, gives you such a fitness boost that it's really amazing. So do your regular warm-up that you would do for a hard effort like this. I like to do something like 15 to 20 minutes again and include three short one-minute bursts of intensity to uh, starting at low zone four, the first one maybe, and then going to threshold for the second one and then above threshold for the third one and recover one minute in between. And then some additional recovery, just easy spinning five minutes before the main set starts. And then the main set, I will give you two examples. So three sets in both of them. The first would be three times three by two minutes at VO2 max intensity. So zone five. Again, I'd direct you back to episode 29 on training zones for cycling. And the recoveries between the two minute intervals will be two minutes. So VO2 max intensity, 120% of your FTP if you're using power. So, and yeah, RPE of nine if you're using rate of perceived exertion. I would say between each set of three intervals, you recover for an extra six minutes, and then you go back into three by two minutes intervals, two minute recoveries. Three sets of those. So a total of, let's see, nine times two minutes at VO2 max, so 18 minutes. Or you can do an even harder version, which is three by three minutes of VO2 max. You can slightly decrease the percent of FTP, so 115% of FTP and get one minute extra recovery. So three minute recoveries between intervals, but again, six minute recoveries between each set and then do a cool down. And this is a uh, great, VO2 max workouts are great, but when you can get a little bit extra in and make sure that you, you do quality intervals by getting, by separating them into multiple sets, that is something that I've found it works very, very well. And the final workout on the bike side of things is power sprints. And I mentioned this before because uh, when talking about one research study that found that 30 second sprint workouts can give you as much of a boost to your VO2 max as and your lactate threshold as threshold kind of workouts can. So uh, this is one of those kinds of workouts with 30 second sprints. First, as usual, a 15 to 20 minute warm up. You can use any of the ones that I mentioned for the previous workouts, but include some little build of intensity into zone three or zone four then the main set is you scale it to your ability but for example six times 30 seconds all out sprint keep your cadence high 95 rpm revolutions per minute at least i should say and then four and a half minutes easy so each bout of exercise is five minutes but just 30 seconds is an all out sprint sprint and then a four and a half minute recovery and then a 10 minute easy cool down after the main set. So it's very easy. And this works in addition to working your energy systems and your everything physiologically that you would work in a hard workout like this. It really helps prime your neuromuscular system and the way your nerves and your brain and your muscles cooperate really and, and helps you activate all the muscle fibers that you can in cycling and helps you optimize it in that way. So then going into running and the free workouts that we have for running, 
Hope you're staying with me. Uh, Squire's Long Run is the first one. It's named after Bill Squire's legendary running coach from the Boston area, coach of Bill Rogers, among others, who won the 1979 Boston Marathon. And the idea of this workout, the meat of it, is a series of surges inserted into the middle portion of the long of a long run, of a regular long run. So the surges can be anywhere from like 30 seconds to 12 minutes. But the shorter the, sh- the surge, the faster the pace that you run the surge at and the longer the recovery you have. So, for example, a 15-minute easy warm-up, easy jog, then six times two minutes at 5k effort and eight minutes easy jog. So that's six times 10 minutes in total. And of that hour, you will do six times two minutes, two minutes at 5k effort and then a 15 minutes easy cooldowns, so 90 minutes in total. And you can progress that as you get closer to your race, your training should become more race specific. So that is something that you would do pretty early in the season, but you can progress that to then doing in the main set six times four minutes at 10k effort and six minutes recovery. And then six times six minutes at half marathon effort and four minutes recovery. And then t- six times eight minutes at marathon effort and two minute recovery. So it's a progressive workout that you progress over the course of the season. And the closer you get in time to your race, the more like your race your training should become. That's an exact quote by Joe Friel from episode one. So keep that in mind. Do the hard, intense surges early on in your training cycle. And then later on, you would go to the longer surges that are at a slightly lower intensity, but obviously with less recovery. And the next workout would be an easy run with hill sprint. And that is a regular easy jog that you would do just like any other easy jog that you would usually do. 20 to 40 minutes, depending on where you are in your training cycle and what kind of run you have on tap for the day. And then, but then at the end of the workout, here is where the thing that you probably don't do at the moment comes in. You would do let anywhere from 6 to 10 times 10 second hill sprints, or they might be even shorter, 8 seconds or they might be slightly longer, 12 seconds, but usually not any longer than 12 seconds. The hill that you run up should be fairly steep. 6 to 8% grade is ideal, but not so steep that you can't maintain a reasonably normal stride. And uh, this will be maximum effort. But don't take this as an interval with full recoveries between each print. And you should stand and have a short few seconds of short rest after each sprint and then walk down slowly to your starting position and full recovery. So I would advise at least one minute between the start of each hill sprint, but you can take more if needed. You should be able to perform each hill sprint as good as the one before. This workout shouldn't be any taxing on your body, even though you're working at maximum effort for those short few seconds. Don't try to make the hill sprints any longer because that won't make it a better workout. You're working on your neuromuscular system just as in the power sprints workout here. So uh, making it any longer won't be of any benefit. It will actually harm the purpose of the workout. You want to be able to activate the maximum amount of muscle fibers and make the nerves and muscles be able to cooperate optimally, essentially. So that's, that's the purpose of these heel sprints which is great for injury prevention and for running performance because you learn to activate your muscles optimally. All right, moving into the final running workout that I have for today. It's the Hudson 1-2-3-2-1 fartleg workout. And I really love fartleg workouts because there's so much that you can do with them and get creative in different ways. 
you get a massive fitness boost because don't get me wrong, they are hard workouts. You really get to work your butt off, but you don't have the same pressure to hit very exact times that you would do in, let's say, a track workout. And Brad Hudson, who is the one who came up with this workout, is the author of the book Run Faster from the 5K to the Marathon, which is a great book, which I highly recommend. It's probably among with uh, Daniel's running formula, the one that I would recommend to anybody interested in running and exercise science and for triathletes and runners. It's a great book. So the idea of this fart leg is that it's a multi-pace workout, just like we had the mixed pace progression on the swim side of things. So it will really teach you how to pace yourself and you can scale it to your ability. So you can also not only scale the number of reps that you do or the length of the actual fart leg portion, but also where you start, how hard the hardest intensity is. In this case, that's okay. Even though I said at the front of the episode, that's usually not what you should do. But some slight scaling on that front is okay in this workout. So let's give you an example of how it works. Do a 10 to 15 minute warm up with an easy jog. And then you do a one minute run at your 3K race pace, followed by a one minute recovery. Then a two minute run at 5K race pace and a two minute jog recovery. And then a three minute run at your 10K race pace and a three minute jog recovery. So now you've worked yourself up the pyramid and now it's time to go back down. So you go back down to two minutes at 5K race pace and two minute jog recovery, one minute 3K race pace and one minute jog recovery. And then you can repeat that again. So go back to two minutes, three minutes, two minutes, and one minute. And that's usually where I stop the workout. If you're really advanced, you can go even further. But you can also stop after just climbing the pyramid once and going back down. That's perfectly fine. And you can also, instead of starting at 3K race pace, which is really hard, you can start at 5K and the next would be 10K and then half marathon if that much intensity feels too much for you. So... It might not sound like a hard workout on paper, actually, if I'm totally honest, but trust me, it gets harder and harder, and it gets especially hard if you run too aggressively out of the gate. One minute is not a long time to run at 3K race pace, so it's tempting to run faster, but, but it is a long time when you only get one minute to recover from that, and then you need to run hard again. So you can quickly dig yourself into a hole if you don't pace yourself well in this workout. And that is one of just one of the reasons that it's such a great workout. But obviously, in addition to learning how to pace yourself, you get a massive fitness boost because you get a lot of running at a high intensity. So really, really great workout that I really enjoy. All right, so to give you a quick summary of the workouts that we talked about today, they were the CSS rest cut down for the swim, the mixed pace progression with aerobic, medium, medium fast, and CSS paces, then the open water beach start practice, and then on the bike, the crisscross, the multiset VO2 max workout, and the power sprints. And for running, we had the Squires long run, the EC plus hill sprints run, and finally, the Hudson 12321 fart lake run. So hope that you found those workouts interesting and that at least some of them are workouts that you haven't heard of and that you aren't using at the moment. And all of these workouts are workouts that I have used myself and uh, that I use for athletes that I coach. So I highly recommend them. And let me know if you give them a try and, and see. let me know how it goes. That would be great to hear 
how you find them and get some feedback on that. All right, so we're about to wrap up. I'm recording this on the 14th of June. That means that I'm just three days out from the Sprint Distance Nationals here in Finland. So uh, definitely I'm a bit nervous than that. Some of you other guys competing there are probably listening. So I want to say good luck to all of you. I see you on Saturday. I hope that you have great races, just not quite as great as I, maybe. We'll see. But yeah, anyway, I'm feeling good. The taper has been going really well. Just an easy fart lake today, this morning, and just got back from the pool doing uh, a wetsuit swim in the pool, actually, with which felt really, really good. Got up into some paces that I pretty easily that I haven't before. So, so the swimming is something that's really progressed, and I'm really happy with that because, as I've said before, I've only been in the sport of triathlon for two years, and I came to it completely fresh and had to learn how to swim from scratch. So to now be swimming the paces that I saw today, I was pretty happy with them. But there's still a lot of work to be done, of course. Anyway, I'm going to go back into being nervous and freaking out about the race and hope that uh, when you listen to this, I will be satisfied with my race performance because this episode obviously won't come, come out until the week after the Nationals. But um, I'll probably give you an update on how that goes as well. If you have races that you're racing and you want to tell me how, them, how they go, I would be very glad to hear. So send me your emails at michael at scientifictriathlon.com, michael with a K. And we can give you a shout out on the show if you have, uh, have a good or a bad race. Anything that you want to share is uh, welcome. Remember to subscribe to the show so that you automatically get all the new episodes as they are released. We have some new guests confirmed. Just today I got confirmation that Chad Timmerman, who is head coach at Trainer Road, very knowledgeable about cycling training, is going to come on as a guest. So that's exciting. Uh, I don't know yet, yet know what the next episode will be, so that'll be a surprise. But by the time this show com- comes out, it will be a Thursday, so it will come out Monday as usual. Thank you, as always, for listening. Keep training smart and keep loving triathlon.